We've got this. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. We've got this. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. We've got this. Find and away. Hey friends, welcome back to the Cervical Wellness Podcast. It's your host, your girl, Danelle Randall, and today I am recording a podcast sharing something that I have been envisioning sharing for about a year. I've actually dreamed of sharing this with my greater community for many years, but it has only come to fruition in the last year. And, you know, as I've been sitting and preparing to record this, I notice there are some butterflies and, you know, some thoughts of self-judgment or what ifs or whatever, you know, you know how the mind gets all crazy before we start to share something vulnerable or a piece of ourselves. But I am so ready to share this and I've worked really hard to be able to share this. And I've done a lot of internal work to be able to share this. And so here I go. I'm going to share it with you all. I don't really have much of an introduction other than I'm just going to dive in to the share. So today is April 12th, 2023. And in two days, on April 14th, I will have completed... And I will have completed one year of sobriety from cannabis. April 14th is my 300, will be my 365th day of not imbibing cannabis into my body. And this comes from, this comes after having been addicted and a habitual user of cannabis for, oh goodness, 15 years since I was 19. Oh goodness, it, I feel emotional even saying that out loud because I can't tell you how many times over the last eight years that I have attempted to stop using cannabis, stop, stop smoking, stop using vaporizers, stop eating edibles, stop just having cannabis be a part of my life. I struggled really, really, really hard with this addiction and my cervical healing journey really brought me deeper into understanding as to where the addiction comes from, why I chose cannabis as my outlet. You know, early in my 20s, I had an issue with alcohol and I come from a long line of alcoholics in my family. So I was very aware of that in my bloodline. So then I just like went full bore with cannabis for most of my adult life until this time last year when I was in Maui and I had a very profound revelation about the underlying reason why I was addicted to cannabis. I shared it in an Instagram live, the whole story. Um, and I'll, I'll just briefly share it here in case anybody wants to know. I'm just going to let it all loose today. (laughs) So one year ago, I was on Maui, the island of Maui, and that island, the Hawaiian Islands really, but Maui in particular holds a lot of energy for me, a lot of energy for my family, my mother, and a lot of really profound things have happened in my life there. So when I went this time last year, I wasn't really expecting anything to happen (laughs) because I was like, okay, maybe this will actually be a a vacation. But, you know, land oftentimes has a different idea 
<laughs> for us humans when we go to a powerful place for us. And I had a dream while I was there. I was using cannabis at the time. I was using like a vape pen. And I had a dream, a very powerful dream that my ex-boyfriend from way back when I was a teenager, that my ex-boyfriend came up and kissed me. And while he was kissing me, it was like a Dementor from Harry Potter, where as soon as he came up to kiss me, he started sucking the life force out of my face, out of my mouth, out of my throat, out of my lungs. And in my dream, I was left with this like ice cold feeling in my mouth and in my throat and on my tongue. And I woke up from the dream and I was like, whoa, that was crazy. Like I have one, I haven't dreamt about my ex-boyfriend and forever and two, that was such like a visceral somatic dream where I could feel the sensations in my mouth and in my throat. <clears throat> so, you know, the next day, the next couple days, uh, anytime I used cannabis, I had that feeling in my mouth and in my throat. And this lasted like a day or two where I would like use it and be like, whoa, like I'm feeling that same feeling in my mouth and in my throat as I did in that dream of my ex-boyfriend dementoring me. <laughs> and so one night on the eve of April 13th, 2022, I decided okay I just I hadn't used all day and I'm like I'm just gonna take a toke and you know we're in Maui and let's watch sunset well I took like the smallest little hit and I went into a full psychedelic journey and in this journey I had that sensation in my mouth and throat once more and in this journey I actually saw in my mind's eye how Cannabis had been connecting me back to, had been connecting me energetically to my ex-boyfriend all of these years because, friends, I started smoking when we were in a really terrible breakup. The moment, the first, well, it wasn't the first time, but like the time that really initiated my addiction to this uh, drug was when we were in a breakup and I was with our mutual friends at the time. We had the same group of friends and I was hanging out with them and he wasn't. And my ex-boyfriend didn't like it if I smoked. He didn't want me to smoke. And so all my friends were around like, Danelle, do you want to hit? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And like in a really resentful uh, way, <laughs> really resentful, like, oh, I'm going to get back at him. And I smoked. And in that moment, I was hooked. And fast forward to April 13th, 2022 on Maui, and I saw how I had been energetically tied to my ex-boyfriend and that sensation of resent and maliciousness and vindictiveness through cannabis all of these years. And I could see and feel how there was like this triangle of like energetic interconnection that cannabis was like this bridge to him for me and what the dream was revealing to me was how this was literally draining my life force out of my body quite literally sucking the life force out of my mouth out of my lungs disconnecting me from my heart because you know when we smoke we numb the lungs which the heart is nestled right in side in between the two lungs so when we inhale anything we're actually what I've come to realize is numb our heart and I learned I realized that years ago but it was this final connection piece of no realizing that this plant the spirit of this plant was dementoring me and connecting me to my ex-boyfriend that I was like I'm done I'm so done so on April 14th, 2022, 
I had my first day of sobriety officially. And in a previous podcast episode, um, I don't know the number, it's about stages of change. I reference the process over the years I underwent to uh, get to a place where I could be fully sober. Um, You know, I had been sober in the past for several months, but I basically just reallocated that addiction to something else. But this time was different. This time was very, very different for me because I knew why. I knew why, like the cinch pin that was connecting me to this substance that was perpetuating the addictive cycle. And I saw it clearly. I got clear, which once we get clear about something, we're able to make the changes that we need to make. And I was crystal freaking clear about what the heck was happening. So I'm recording this podcast, one, to celebrate a year of sobriety because it's a really big freaking deal for me, but also to share about how how my devotion in the kitchen actually healed, helped me heal post-addiction. And I know I'm in the season of enrolling for Kitchen Earth Heart Heal right now, but this is a real story. And this is a real part of my my deep devotion in the kitchen is actually to maintain my sobriety, friends, honestly. And so what I'm going to share more about is what this last year and even the prior six months um, looked like for me, because it's really been within the last year and a half since about August 2021 that the hearth in the kitchen has become a really, really important part of my life and why I'm so passionate about guiding women back. <clears throat> so in August, or it's like really at the end of July 2021, I found out that I had a um, undiagnosed dead tooth that had been brewing an infection in my face and head for upwards of like six to seven years. And the reason was, I mean, I go to the dentist, I get x-rays done, but the thing about the x-rays at the dentist is they don't get the tooth root in the x-rays. They just look at the tooth body, like the exposed body part. So nobody ever saw that there was this infection. That is a whole other long story about what that infection uh, represented in my life, um, which I don't necessarily want to go into here. But what I do want to share is how in the recognition of a real health need issue, I I doubled down on my taking care of myself. And you know, this is coming out of the depths of the pandemic when I know all of us were so stressed out and doing our best to take care of ourselves. But you know, if I'm honest, you know, the first year and a half of the pandemic, I I struggled. Uh, I over-exercised, I under-ate. That's when I was sober for about three, almost four months, three months of cannabis. And I just transferred that addiction right to Kratom or Kratom. So when this infection in my face reared its ugly head, quite literally, I saw it on on an MRI and it was literally the size of a small golf ball. I I was one left aghast, but two, recognized how I had not been taking care of myself. And, you know, given... (laughs) you know, then bringing this forward to April 13th, 2022, with like the Dementor aspect of cannabis, when I realized that, it's interesting that this infection was in my mouth and in my face. And I actually tie those two pieces together of like, seeing the infection of my life, of my face of how I had been seeing and viewing the world. Like that was a physical manifestation. 
And then in April of 2022, I, I recognized the spiritual component. So after I realized I had this facial infection and the teeth that were dead, it ended, so this infection was so big, it killed a tooth. A second tooth was, uh, it was feeding on three teeth. It, um, it killed a, the first tooth. The second tooth, it was basically dead. And then the third tooth, it was, the infection was feeding on the roots. It was a two root tooth. And I had to get them treated. And so I had biological root canals done. And I know there's so much content out there about why not to get a root canal. And friends, (laughs) you be faced with having three teeth be dead in your body and in the front too. And be like, do I really want to pull these? Um, You know, I... I sometimes have a little bit of an issue with how dogmatic people are online, but I had a biological, I had biological root canals done, which instead of it being done with really caustic chemicals and done in one session where they like clean the center of the tooth and then fill it all within just one one appointment. This was done with a world-renowned biological dentist who, over the course of several weeks, cleaned the tooth with ozone, would pack it with um, like non-caustic antibacterial and calcium deposit to like help heal the tooth. And then if there was still pain or still infection, like he would go back and clean it again and um, repack it with this healing material that was non-toxic. And he injected my face with ozone. um, And this happened, you know, I had three freaking teeth, which I'm just laying it all out here. I, I, I pray that I don't receive judgment. (laughs) But I had three teeth done over the course of six months. And what's really interesting is as soon as I had these teeth addressed, it was like the infection, which had been clouding my vision, started to recede. And I could finally see, I literally felt like I could see clearly for the first time in like seven years. So while I was undergoing that, I pulled way back from my work and all I wanted to do was take care of my body. And I know that there are, you know, I know many different self-care practices, you know, there are different things that we can do. But as I was like in the process of healing this like big infection in the center of my dome, The thing that felt the most safe, the most nourishing spiritually and emotionally, the kindest to myself was to come back into the kitchen. And at the end of August, I sewed myself a new apron, which if you see any photos of me or videos of me in a purple apron, that is my apron. I made it beautiful. I put a big heart on it. Um, Because interestingly enough, one of the teeth, the meridians that the teeth was connected to was my thymus gland. And so I felt like my heart had been infected as well. And I just started cooking a lot. I just Uh, All I felt like I wanted to do was work with my hands to make nourishing food to help my body overcome this infection. And in that process, from August to, let's say, March, which is when we left for Maui, (laughs) I was the epitome of a... (laughs) I don't know, like a domestic cook. I was obsessed with cooking. I was obsessed with 
finding good ingredients and making things delicious and presenting them on a plate in a beautiful way. And I started setting the table every night with candles and flowers. And I bought um, some cloth napkins and, you know, I just felt like all I wanted to do was to take care of my body in the most foundational way, which is through nourishment and through food and to make it beautiful in the process. Because friends, I was scared. I was really scared through that whole whole thing. I mean, to to come face to face with something scary like an infection in your head due to a dead tooth and here I was like a integrative health coach and I didn't know that this was happening like you know there was some imposter syndrome going on and not to mention when I was in eighth grade there was a kid in my class I remember him so clearly because he had a crush on me actually but he had a dead tooth an infected tooth that was left untreated and it was an there was an infection and the infection went into his brain and he died okay so like this is where my brain my mind was i was like oh my gosh i have an infection the size of a small golf ball in my head and i know a guy that died from this like i got scared and the hearth the fire of the hearth the waters of the hearth like cleaning the kitchen every night before this I was the woman who would leave a pile of dishes for like three or four days because I hated dishes dishes were the worst thing in the world to me literally I hated doing the dishes it was like like the bane of my existence I didn't really mind cooking I would cook some you know some things for me and John very simple though I'd like steam some asparagus and (laughs) like cook a chicken breast or something which you know nothing against those two things but very simple I didn't put any thought or love into it and we just like eat in front of the tv so while I was having this mortality experience even though I, I wasn't gonna die but that's where my mind went the kitchen and the hearth And everything that had to do with it brought me back into my body from the fear. And I bought myself cookbooks, The Joy of Cooking Cookbook. I started getting into canning more. I was doing water bath canning and, you know, making applesauces and jams and jellies. And I started I taught myself how to cook pie, like bake pies and made gluten-free pie crust and the wholesomeness of the hearth made me feel so safe. And this was not something I sought. This was not something that I was like, I'm now going to start cooking. It was in a moment of fear and in a way desperation that the heart of my home called me back to it. And I really, I fully stand by the kitchen as being the heart of the home, as the place where the pulse of life runs through the home. And, you know, you go, you, I've been in ho- houses where the kitchen is never used and it all feels kind of sterile or like there's like not much life or vitality in it. But when you go into a kitchen that is well loved and used often, you can feel it or at least I can feel it. I can feel that the heartbeat is beating. So come, you know, February, I had the last root canal and I was very deep in my devotion of cooking. And on my birthday of that year of 2022, John bought me a pressure canner so I could start canning soups and stews and vegetables and, um, um, meat and whatnot. But then we went away to Maui in March and for three weeks. And then comes April 13th, 2022, when I realized that cannabis had been dementoring me. And upon reflection now was possibly a big part of the brewing of the infection. It was numbing my mouth. It was numbing my face. 
it was numbing the infection that I felt in my heart that I could feel that I couldn't feel connected to my heart. And another one of the um, meridians that the infected teeth was connected to is my pineal gland, you know, the center of my brain. And so cannabis was dissociating me from the infected pineal gland. And I know I'm like taking it way out here, friends, but this is what I do. This is how I think. This is my perspective on things. And um, like I said earlier, I'm just laying it all out here. I just need to take a sip of tea. So cannabis not only was connecting me to my ex-boyfriend spiritually and realizing the, like, the sense of, like, hate is the word that is coming through, but it's more like vitriol or, like, like, resent, you know, like, the feel, the energy of resent is so yucky, and that is what I was hooked into, resent, energetically with being connected to my ex-boyfriend and then combined with this infection of my pineal gland of my thymus the golf ball size thing in my face I wasn't facing myself I wasn't facing my truth like of who I am in a real way and cannabis was numbing me all to it numbing numbing everything I I wasn't aware of any of this because I was dissociating. I was numbing out. I was numbing my lungs. I was numbing my heart, numbing my brain. So on April 14th, I logged, I downloaded the, what is it called? I am sober. Let me make sure. Yeah. I am sober app and I hit start. And this app has been on my phone ever since. I don't really check it or log into it much. Um, I really just keep it as a running timer. And when I got back from Maui, I was dedicated to remaining sober. And when I came back, the one thing that kept me busy thinking about from thinking about using that kept me uh, filled was the hearth was cooking food and coming back to spring I prior to leaving for Maui I had planted some radish seeds and some beet seeds and carrots and coming then we came back home and the radishes were already grown and so I remember that first day of coming back and picking the radishes putting on my purple apron cutting up the radishes and just eating them raw and feeling to myself this is what is going to heal me this is what is going to help me get through The first 30 days of sobriety, which are always the hardest. The first 90 days of sobriety, which was my goal. I wanted to be at least three months sober. And which (laughs) helped me continue through now. (laughs) One year was my connection to the hearth and even more so the interconnection of my hearth and the garden. So in summer of 2022, I went full bore into my garden. And, you know, some people, like in my mind, I was like, you know, this is probably going to be the most boring summer of my life. We had no trips planned. We had like, it was just going to be a simple summer. But it was the most healing experience of my life. Because then another thing that happened was in June, I had surgery to remove the metal plate out of my arm from when I fell out of my bathtub and broke my arm, which friends, I shit you not, according to Chinese medicine, tooth meridians, 
this is so crazy. The tooth meridians, the original tooth that was infected and died was connected to my pineal gland, but is also interconnected by way of the body meridian system to my left elbow, which is the one that broke, and to the uterus and cervix, which y'all know my, my history with, <laughs> with issues in my cervix. So there was this great unraveling that was happening all anchored in this infection and the only thing that i knew how to continue forward in this great unraveling was to be with my food was to be with the land that was growing my food which i know i'm very privileged to have space to have a garden but then also like really diving into my systems with my food and thinking about my food. And this is when the first round of KHHH, Kitchen Hearth Heart Heal, emerged was in this burgeoning love affair with the healing power of the hearth. Because let me tell you, friends, having so many things happen in such a short amount of time within my body, no other healing process felt good or worked for me. Like breath work or I don't even know, like meditation, all these things. Like it just was, my body was like, no, fuck you. I don't want that. I want, just feed me. <laughs> feed me good food and I will heal. So I had the three root canals with the facial infection the size of a small golf ball. I had the the healing of my spirit and of my soul from this connection, this resentful connection to my past that was draining me of my life force. I had the metal plate removed from my elbow and I had seven screws taken out. So I had holes in my bones. And the fire of my home called me back to it every day. Some days over the summer and fall of last year, I was in the kitchen for like six hours a day, cooking and baking and canning. You know, we had an incredible summer garden and I canned so much food because of the pressure cooker John bought me, like cans and jars and jars of vegetables and tomato sauce and stews and squash soups and I got really excited about buying meat in bulk and having it become shelf stable with the pressure canning especially given the state of the world and there was talk about a food crisis and so I was like no like that's not going to happen for me my body is going to remain healthy from now on the hearth and my garden, but mainly like the garden was just proxy to coming back to the hearth helped my soul and my body and my heart heal in ways that I had never imagined were possible. And I'm not just sharing this as like a marketing ploy. I'm sharing this because it is within this like marketing era where I'm like, okay, this is a good time to share the story. This real story of what healed me of my cannabis addiction. <laughs> Yet the, the truth of the matter is, is what I have seen as a result of my healing my relationship with the hearth while healing my relationship with my body and my soul has only reinforced my deep knowing now that the hearth and the kitchen, the heart of the home, is one of the most powerful places of alchemy that we as humans, but I'm speaking to you women because most of my listeners are women and most of the people in my community are women, that, that it is the most powerful place that we women can come to in devotion to our body and to our life and to our well-being. And I know that now. 
Another thing that was happening around this time, which I have never shared this publicly, which the hearth has really helped me anchor back into in this devotion to life is the hearth also leads me to be into deep devotion to God. And cannabis was keeping me away from God. And when one of the things that happened that led to the, the infection rearing its ugly head a year and a half ago was I actually saw the darkness that I was attached to through many new age practices. And God came to me and said, it's time to come home. It's time to come home, Danelle. And that's when the inf- I found out I had this infection and that's when I had all the root canals and the infection started to dissipate and I started to see clearly in my life. And that's when I was able to recognize this dementor aspect of cannabis. And that's when I was finally able to unshackle myself from the addiction to cannabis that I had been suffering from for 15 years. Which, you know, there's even more to the story, but I, there's pieces that I don't really feel like sharing here. But just sharing with you now that the hearth is coming home. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. When God said to me, Danelle, it's time to come home. I realized now that it was also literal. <laughs> like, come home. Come back home. Come back to the fire of your home. Come back to the water of your home. Come back to the place of alchemy and like transformation through the foods. That body will heal through coming back home to the truth of what we put into our body and how in honor of life and in honor of the life of our body and the life that God provides, that we are able to heal more than just an infection in the face or an infection or like the whole the holes in the bones of my arm but we're actually able to heal our relationship to life and cannabis cannabis kept me away from life it kept me away from fully living i was a very very functioning stoner i did a lot high and I don't feel good in saying that but it's true and what sobriety has taught me is that to be sober is to actually face the reality of life as it is and what life as it is is showing me that we that I must tend to my body in the most devotional way I can and that starts with what I put into it how I cook what goes into it the energetics of what goes into it including water including the quality of food and that I can be in prayer and devotion to God while I am cooking for my like the most important gift of life that I have ever been given, which is my body. And it really freaking sucks that it took me having all of these health issues <laughs> to finally see this. But you know, I think this is true for many of us that we don't know until we know, you know? Oh, goodness. Another thing that I realized was that my relationships, my friendships of the past, not currently, but because, you know, a lot of my friends currently didn't use, but a lot of my friends in the past, the relationships were built upon weed, on pot, on cannabis. And now I build relationships with food. I will bring people food. I will invite people over for dinner. I will give gifts of food. I will 
be in my hearth and put love and and my devotion into it so that the people who consume it can feel that love. And the relationships and the friendships are built on that and they're not built on dissociation. They're not built on entheogens. They're not built on cannabis. And the, the, another thing that I wanted to share was of how I saw on um, an Instagram account called The Mineral Shaman about how cannabis drains us of our minerals. And oh my God, when I saw that, I was like, of course, of course, that's why I had all these like tooth and bone issues, even though like I broke my arm falling out of a bathtub that was like technically an accident. But I don't know, like the world works in very strange ways. And a major part of me believes that was like, (laughs) like an orchestration to reveal to me the brittleness of my bones and like my, you know, foundational components of my body because of the leaching of minerals from cannabis after all those years. And of course, it was centered in my mouth, which is where, you know, the bulk of the cannabis went. So that's another, like another piece to how the hearth has healed me is like through the deep nourishment deeply nourishing foods, animal products, soups, stews, bone broths, uh, these sorts of things. I'm like, I'm remineralizing my body after a decade and a half of living in a way that was freaking leaching it all out of me. My life force was being sucked out of my body from cannabis. I'm only actually making this association in this moment, that dream of the life force being sucked out of my body and being left with like this cold, brittle, icy feeling is also indicative of (laughs) the cannabis sucking the minerals out of my body because minerals are our life force. The copper, copper is what fuels our mitochondria, which is what produces the energy within our body to be able to maintain our vitality. Holy guacamole. Oh my gosh, I'm just realizing this right now. Oh yeah. So since my path with the hearth last summer and in the deepening of the sobriety journey, my life has, what do I, I don't know, like what has my life become? Honestly, it's become much more simple. I have grown to be okay with a sense of boring because I used to use cannabis to dissociate from the mundane, mundanity of life. I don't think that's a word. The mundaneness of life. It's like, oh, I'm going to the DMV. Let me just like take a toke and like sit there kind of high. So I'm a little more entertained. Yeah, no, (laughs) not anymore. Now I just sit there and I observe humans or I do breathing or I connect to my cervix or I eat a snack, (laughs) bring a snack and just eat it. And I've also noticed that my relationships have improved. My relationship with John has become so much better because I'm calmer. I'm less emotionally unstable, you know, because I have found with especially women who smoke a long time, you know, we start to become like it gives it causes anxiety in many, many of us. And, you know, upon reflection, that's probably from the leaching of minerals and the sucking of our life force out of our body. So without that, without that process happening, I am so much more grounded and so much more stable. Anxiety and depression have basically, you know, gone with the wind because I'm not destabilized by cannabis anymore and I'm deeply nourished. 
by the hearth, which called me in through this healing process. I hosted my first Thanksgiving this year and had uh, 14 people with a beautiful table that I set and I got to really pour my love and devotion into feeding all these people and I host parties now with food that I cook and I cooked you know my friends and family homemade pies both a savory and a sweet pie for Christmas and because of the lucidity of my life now without being high without being dissociated from the the reality before me i am able to be so much more present in what is true and real and i am able to find joy and peace in the most mundane experiences like doing the dishes it's like a little treat now where i get to like maybe take my computer and put on a <laughs> like a a Netflix show that I wouldn't want to just like sit and watch, you know, something, what is the word? Um, I don't know, like a reality show or something and like just do the dishes while I have that on or listen to a podcast episode or I get really excited about looking through my Joy of Cooking cookbook and seeing what's there and talking to my mother and my grandmother about the hearth and I feel like my relationships with them have grown so much more deep and real without cannabis and also inviting them into my hearth journey. I mean, it is also interconnected, friends, that it's it's really, I mean, I'm 46 minutes in and I, I can, I feel like I'm just touching the surface about how the cannabis sobriety journey and coming back home to the hearth have not only been braided and intertwined, but have transformed my life in a way that has brought me home to myself, my body, my life, to God, to my relationships, to my home, to feeling okay in my home, not trying to run away, not needing to travel all the time, not needing to get away or whatnot. But to just be rooted and grounded in now, in the present moment, in the glory of it, of life, of being able to take a breath, a full breath of clean, pure air and to feel it fully and to know that I am nourished, I am healed in healing the facial infections almost all the way gone my elbow is completely healed my brain is still healing from the from cannabis i mean there's a lot of unwinding that is un, you know needing to be done but i'm home i've come back home i've come back home to myself I've come back home to my home. I've come back home to God and the way that I see God. And I've come back home to the real power of food and its relationship to culture and its relationships to our relationships. I mean, it's amazing to reflect on the last year of sobriety and the last year and a half of coming back to the hearth for healing. That's why I call it kitchen, hearth, heart, heart of the heart of the home, heal. Because returning to the hearth can be and is a very healing process if we allow it to unfold within our lives. So, you know, in regards to my program, Kitchen Hearth Heart Heal, the way of the devotional cook, we begin on April 18th and six weeks long. We're going into so many different things. There's going to be weekly office hours to be able to connect and ask questions. There are three live 
um, classes. One with a guest teacher. She's going to be talking to us about minerals and the hearth and cooking and the importance of minerals. Um, There are four recorded classes. There are many bonus videos. There are videos of um, like showing me cooking so you can see the process in which I go through. Uh, to create a meal because that's you know cooking shows are always popular because we like to see how people do things right and this is like a real-time experience well it's recorded but it shows me in real time uh, doing a uh, cooking examples and there is a telegram group to stay connected throughout the duration of the six weeks in between all the office hours The way of the devotional cook is one of coming back home to our body, to our lineage of cooking, to the reality that it is through the hearth that the women of our of our lineage have kept people alive and vital for generations and generations. And it's also a way that we can return our own vitality, our own well-being and our own connection to life as a whole. This program is my offering to the world of calling us back to the heart of our home, to recreate a stable foundation for ourselves so that we can move through life, through the simplicity of living. I know life itself is complicated, but just living and being okay with being a human on earth, the simple act of living, that the hearth can be a support system for us if we allow it to. Thank you everybody for listening to my meandering story in honor of my year will be in two days but my year of being sober from cannabis my life is so different than it used to be in the most beautiful and humble of ways and if you want to join us in kitchen hearth heart heal you have until april 18th to sign up All the links and everything will be in the show notes. And with that, my friends, I wish you a beautiful rest of your day. And I am just so, so grateful that you've made it this far and you are here a part of this community. Sending you all so much love. Thank you so much for joining us today, friends. If you want more cervical wellness information and content, check out my website, cervicalwellness.com, or give us a follow over on Instagram at cervicalwellness. Please share this episode if it felt right and true for you. And until next time, friends, remember, we've got this.